Care to chat? Hello and welcome to our podcast from the Northern Ireland Social Care Council. Social care is such an enormous and important part of life here. And during the pandemic really came to the fore as social care staff were often the only human beings in touch with some of the most vulnerable and alone people in society. They did a truly heroic job. Now, in our podcast, we've been hearing about loneliness, about supporting someone who's lonely, as well as looking after yourself and building your own resilience. We're also going to hear about the future, looking at better social care against a backdrop of a growing and ageing population. And that with the Department of Health chief social worker, Sean Holland, no better man to talk about it. Right now, though, we're going to talk about careers. There are 36,000 registered social care workers here. That's a huge number. And many of their stories are truly inspirational. The word that came up most when I watched them talk about their work was rewarding. One care worker, Tony, said simply, the sky is the limit, the only way is up. So how do you get across the opportunities to the next generations or to those who are looking for a change or wishing to return to work? Well, let's hear from Paul Rooney, who's a professional advisor at the Social Care Council. He started his career as a social care worker while studying for a degree in social work. And with Paul is Jackie McCackie, Mindwise Area Manager for Housing Support, a farmer's wife, a farmer's daughter and a farmer's mother. I think I've got that right, Jackie. Yeah, I hope so. that's right. <laughs> Look, it's great to have both of you with us here today. And Thank I'm you. really keen to hear about your own career progression. So, Paul, tell, tell us a bit about yours. I mean, how important do you think it was that you had that time as a social care worker while you were studying? I think uh, it was really important and it sort of um, led me to progress uh, towards uh, a career in social work. Um, it was with young adolescents. Um, his, historically, I wanted to go and work with special needs as a teacher. Uh, so I got sidetracked and uh, and I have never looked back. I think I've had a wonderful career. Uh, I've worked across criminal justice, homelessness, um, offenders. Um, I've been a probation officer. I've been a child protection social worker. And I've uh, led uh, and managed services in many sectors within health and social care. So I think there is great potential for anybody coming into social care. Um, we don't want anybody in social care. It's really important that you have the right personal attributes. And that's around uh, compassion, kindness, uh, interested in people. Um, social care is about relationships. It's about building relationships. And it's really important that we attract people with the right personal attributes, the technical skills, the qualifications, they can all be taught. But if you can't communicate appropriately with people, it's it's not really what we need. Very interesting to hear you say that because Rebecca, who's in one of our other podcasts, said that that's how they choose people. It's because of their talent and their talent for all of those things that you've just been mentioning. Training comes after that and you, you, you make that work for you. Um, Jackie, you're an ambassador for uh, Northern Ireland Social Care Council and um, you've an interesting story to tell yourself. Tell us a bit about how you got involved in all of this. Uh, my story goes right back to when I was nursing um, back in the early 80s and came home on maternity leave and being a farmer's daughter and a farmer's wife, farming took over. Uh, and I didn't return to do my finals 
So for the next 20 years, I had swapped my uniform to her overalls and boots uh, and spent a long time just working on the family farm. Circumstances in the farm changed and um, I decided that I would look at going back into my first choice of career as such. Um, and nursing had moved to university and I didn't want to be the oldest person in the class. So I looked then at the opportunities to become a care assistant. Um, and it was just through, by chance, a conversation that I was having with a friend whose daughter was working for an agency. She mentioned it and I literally walked in on a Monday morning to have a conversation and come out with the uniform and shifts. Um, and at first night out on that run that I had in the community, I went, this is what I was always going to do. And that lasted a short time. I went into a lo local nursing home um, and with the qualifications that were available to me, I was able to move up then through the career pathway that we're trying to establish for everybody from a care assistant to senior to team leader. And with doing uh, the qualifications were then NVQs or now QCF, but, and we keep changing the names of them. But we move. I moved up uh, until I eventually moved to Mindwise, um, which is a mental health charity. I had come from dementia services, where unfortunately the progression was only one way, um, to mental health services where you could see the difference that our staff could make in somebody's life and move them from being in hospital through into supported living through the community and be able to manage out on their own in the community. Um, so that, you know, it was a big step going from being based in a home to being based out in community and being responsible uh, for a service by myself at that stage, you know, I had moved from being something managing till I was suddenly the manager. Uh, and that's 14 years ago. And I have to say I've moved up through the organisation and with the help of NISC, um, we have been able to look at bringing people through uh, on the start of their career. Rewarding, as I said, is, is the word that, that I think has come up most often. And it's very interesting to hear both of your career journeys. Uh, Jackie there talking about the fact that she was able to get the qualifications which have enabled her to, to progress through the organisation. I mean, that's, that's an enormously, I suppose, optimistic uh, way of looking at a career path. It's not, unfortunately, the image that is often portrayed of the social care sector, Paul, is it? So how do you deal with that? I mean, the perception and the reality seem to be quite different. Well, I, I think you're correct, Wendy. You know, when we, we, we hear about nursing and other professionals, it's very much around the asset that, that they are to communities and to individuals. And social care often is perceived as a, um, a practical, um, task-orientated uh, job, uh, role. Uh, in fact, it is completely the opposite. Um, the type of people that we want in social care are those who come and can develop compassionate leadership and um, and simply to sort of, um, you know, reduce that down, what is compassionate leadership? Um, Professor Michael West talks about um, compassionate leadership across health and social care, particularly in terms of the COVID period where there was a, a light shone on social care. So it's a really important um, career, probably more so than a lot of the other professionals and I think there needs to be a move 
uh, of social care being much more central in terms of their voice because they're central to the whole efficiency of the health service about getting people out of hospital, supporting people in their communities and making sure they live the best life. Uh, the four elements around compassionate leadership talks about paying attention to the other person and that takes somebody with skill uh, and uh, being present and noticing um, any sufferings and attending to them. And that's really, really important in, in our workforce. Um, understanding what is causing others distress and uh, uh, through listening and communicating uh, and uh, achieving shared understanding around what's needed. Um, the third element is around uh, having an empathic response uh, and not mirroring others' feelings. Being able to um, show empathy without um, being overwhelmed by feelings is really, really important when you're caring and supporting people. And the final one, the final one is around talking, uh, um, taking intelligent, thoughtful and wise uh, action to help relieve the individual. And, and that's it in a core, but it takes a lot of skill. Uh, it takes a lot of knowledge and understanding uh, of individuals' circumstances and their families' circumstances. So it's not an easy job. It's a challenging job but extremely rewarding in the sense that, you know, we all leave work every day and we don't necessarily um, always think we've done a great day's job work. But when you're working with people and you're, uh, particularly people who are very isolated or very unwell or disabled, um, and you, you can make a difference in that person's day, um, it's a nice thing to go home with. Yeah, it must be indeed. Um, Jackie, you talked about how you'd gone for a conversation about uh, being in, in social care and came out with the uniform and a shift pattern. Um, I think it, it's maybe a bit more organised than that. Than that yeah, now, it is. Is it? I know that there's a, the Social Care Employment Academy and various yeah. other things and, and Paul, of course, has been talking about registration and all of that. Um, so things have moved on uh, and uh, obviously you, you have moved on with, with your career as well. But if you were, and I know that you do talk to young people and the career ambassadors um, go to careers fairs and that kind of thing. How, how, do, you, how do you paint a picture of, of it as a career to someone that you feel would have the talent to do it? It's quite often just your own personal experience you know, I do say where I came from because for most of the students that I would be speaking to, they were the age where I was starting in a nursing career. Um, and university is not for everyone. And that's the thing we have to emphasise. You know, not every young person wants to go to university. Not everybody is suited to university life. Um, and there are pathways that we can use. So I would explain to the students how I have come through. And while I'm one of the more mature students in some of the colleges uh, that have been in, you know, there is opportunity there for those young people. And it is getting those young people early and saying to them, you know, you, it's not just I didn't get my qualifications for university. I don't think I want to go to university. I can't afford to go to university. There are opportunities out there. So they can come into the care system. And sometimes we are, as the social care side, the forgotten part of the health service. And without us, the health service just couldn't cope at the moment. Um, so there is opportunities. And it's explained to them that, you know, while you can come in at one level with the right support 
and with doing the qualifications and with organisations taking responsibility for the learning of their staff, you can actually move up through. And for some of our own staff um, come in with limited experience, it could be some personal experience for themselves with their own mental health difficulties or someone in their family they've been supporting and the difference they can make. And it's looking at the opportunities then for them to be able to say, well, actually, I can get a qualification here. I can actually move up. And they see where we have actually, our own staff have grown within the organisation because we don't always bring new people in. We have the opportunity for staff to grow. And that's the examples that we can use when we're out. For example, at the moment, our message would be that mental health is everybody's business. And it's getting that message. And as our staff start to get the, gain their confidence through their role, they're going, well, actually, it is. And I can see how I can make a difference. But that's explaining that to young people that, you know, going to university is great if you want to go down nursing route or social care work or social worker route. But there are other opportunities out there. And say, I just happen to be one of the people who chose that route. And I suppose, Paul, as well, you can choose that route and then you can go off on a slightly different branch and, you know, maybe go and get a further qualification or get a university qualification or whatever. Well, you know, there there are some misconceptions about the social care workforce. Uh, a third of our workforce are graduates already. So it's not all about um, uh, degrees or attainment of degrees. Uh, people choose uh, to work in social care for particular reasons. And I think that's important. Um, and that's important that people, you know, we have people post-retirement who want to come back and make a difference. We have young people. We have, um, you know, people who've changed careers. Uh, we do need to focus on uh, encouraging younger people into social care. Uh, we have um, a, a strategy at the minute where we're developing a career pathway, a qualification-based register, and a, a, a CIP, a Care and Practice Pro- Professional Award uh, side of things, where where we can acknowledge uh, the continuous learning that people undertake when they come into social care. So Jackie's right in that, you know, at entry level, um, there's a current qualification framework from a level two to a level five. We are quite aspirational about where we want to see this go because it's not just about having um, a good social, agile uh, social care workforce. It's also about the voice of social care and how important that voice is to feed up through the healthcare system. Um, Because, you know, um, at the minute, you know, there's potential to to move to level six, level, level seven qualifications, the same as other professionals with a, in health and social care. And that's what we want to see. We want to see someone who considering a career can see a pathway, can see progression, can see the development and training that they will have opportunity to undertake. And I think the other wonderful piece of social care that we don't really get an opportunity to talk about is the diversity of it. Um, from homelessness to addiction services to older people's services to physical disability, learning disability, children with autism, adults with autism. I mean, supported living. There's lots of varied work. And that agility to walk, walk and work across the system is really, really important for the overall effectiveness of, of, of social care and supporting people at home. I suppose one of the um, elephants in the room here, well, actually, maybe the big elephant in the room here, is the money, isn't it? Um, and, you know, that there is a perception that um, it's not well paid, um, that social care, unfortunately, you know, is a, is a 
minimum wage job. Sean Holland, the uh, chief social worker with the Department of Health, I've had a conversation with him too, and he says you know that at one stage it became clear that um, the person that walked his dog got paid more an hour than someone who might have been looking after his next door neighbour. That's going to have to be dealt with, isn't it? It it is, and uh, and in terms of addressing that, you have to look at the overall um, value that this workforce brings to society. Uh, it brings a lot more than direct care. It provides uh, families often who, who are living with, whether it's a child with a complex need, allows them to earn their living by coming in and, and supporting and providing care and support. It pays into the revenue in terms of the local economy. Um, the economic value of social care needs to be considered in terms of all the things that it facilitates in society. And I think uh, we are getting better at having those discussions. But I think it's a really, really important point. Uh, we have a, a, a 36,000 workforce. It's bigger than the IT industry in Northern Ireland. It's bigger than the finance industry. But because it's um, disparate across different types of work, it's not that sort of um, collective group like a nurse or a doctor or a social worker and and we have to change our perception of what social care does and I think that's the big piece and there are some wonderful stories on our website at, Info, at, at NISC uh, around what it actually means to be a social care worker. Yeah, they're terrific stories actually. I mean, I, I loved Ozan and Tony from Park Manor Nursing Home and, you know, they were so... Um, upbeat about it, you know. They talked about the sky being the limit; the only way is up. And both of for both of them, it was a change in career and one that they obviously love. Absolutely. And when you talk to people who've received good social care support, uh, it's palpable the difference it makes to their lives. Uh, and we are all touched by uh, care and support. I, mean, I had elderly parents before they died. They, there was a lot of support required. Um, you know, when you when you look at, um, we have a wonderful video, a woman called Rosina, who talks about um, uh, working in palliative care. And when you listen to her, and she's a domiciliary care worker, but when you listen to the skills and the knowledge and the understanding that she had while working uh, in a family situation and the care that was received, and that was skilled, skilled work, we need to get away from this perception that social care is unskilled. It's very technical. It's it's developing in a very digital context in terms of uh, support and care. Uh, the knowledge and skills, depending on the the, the various um, individuals with differing needs. Uh, so we need a workforce that's fit for purpose, that is trained to the same standard as any other professional within uh, the health and social care system. And, and then they need to be paid. And then they need to be paid. Yeah. Um, uh, and things have improved and they will continue to improve. And, you know, it's, it, it, it is not all about new money. I think it's also about looking at how do we structure social care? How do we, you know, if we had a clean sheet, how would we do it different? And, uh, and there, there, there are 7,000 personal assistants in Northern Ireland that get paid through self-directed payments who work in a very individual way. Um, so social care covers a lot um, of uh, variances and, 
And without it, we would be a pretty sad society. Mm. It's an, a very interesting point. That, I mean, we would be a sad society. And it, I hadn't thought until Paul put it in, in those terms that, of social care as an enabler, um, you know, to enable people to go about their daily business, yep. um, do their jobs, uh, contribute to the economy, all of the kind of things that, that, that we're encouraged to do. But it's a, it's a very good point, Jackie. There's, um, I look at some of the people that we support who have been in hospital long term and are able to move out and with the right support um, are able to manage within a supported living service initially, move out into the community, able to manage on their own, keep a tenancy. And without the support of the social care staff, they would remain long term in hospital and gone are the days where we want people to ha- spend their life in a hospital setting. We should be able to have everyone living um, in the situ- situation that they want and choose um, because, you know, all of our clients at the moment, you know, are being supported by, as Paul says, people who are professional at their job but are not recognised as professionals. Quite often, we are the person's family. Um, We are the guests within our supported living service. The staff are the guests, sir, because it's the person's home. And for some of our clients, the staff are the family because they don't have any contact with family. And so, therefore, we as staff know our clients far better than any of the professionals such as the consultants, GPs, etc., because we're with and supporting those people every day. And it is an enabling. It's enabling people to be independent in the community. So it is. When you look at the changes that are on the cards now, the big consultation document that's uh, just coming to an end, um, then that'll be pulled together and recommendations that go to the minister. Hopefully we have one at that stage uh, and thing, things will move forward. Um, how hopeful are you, Jackie, that that will then in, encourage um, more people to become involved in social care and to see the possibilities of the career progression that that might open up to them? Well, with the consultation, as you said, it's out at the moment, you know, we really need the put the meat on the bones of that because um, we have had numerous consultations that then suddenly get shelved because the next consultation comes out. So we really need the people to sit up and take notice this time and actually put the funding in to actually progress um, the re- the outcome of that consultation. We do want to see more people coming into the sector. There's a growing need right across all areas of work. Um, and covid did us some favours, but it also impacted greatly on people's mental health. So we have seen an increase of in numbers coming across into the mental health sector. But we do want young people to come in. We want people to look at the opportunities. But gone are the days when we had to rely on people's goodwill. For a number of years, a lot of staff, and they still do go over and above what's expected and they will stay there should it take an extra two or three hours if there's a situation happen they they do rely on people's goodwill quite a bit 
But those days are coming to an end. People are exhausted of giving for goodwill. And we do need to start looking at the funding around health and social care uh, in its totality, but particularly the social care sector, because that's the sector that does get left behind when there's funding opportunities. It's interesting that when you talk about goodwill, um, my f- first experience as a quite young um, presenter of, of social care was an interview that I did many years ago uh, with a woman who was a home help, as they were in those days. Yeah. Uh, and she was talking about a lady that she uh, was one of her clients who was, she was expected to put to bed at seven o'clock in the evening. And she said, I just can't do that. I can't leave that woman in her home, in her bed from seven o'clock. So she said she went back in her own time every night and put her to bed at half past ten. Now, that woman went on and became a trade union official, actually, and uh, is still around uh, and uh, a legend in her own lifetime. Um, But, you know, that's unreasonable, to put it very mildly. You know, the, the kind of... The talent needs to get the, the training and the recognition and the pay, Paul, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, we have a very different society than we had um, way back. You know, you talk about a home help, uh, 25 years, they would have maybe come into someone's home and helped them get dressed and uh, made them some tea or breakfast. Uh, some of our staff uh, in, in the social care now are going in and they're carrying out really complex tasks. Uh, peg tube feeding, um, suction, you know, clinical tasks as well as those relationship building and developing trust. And, uh, and you know, if you're physically unwell uh, or you have a disability, um, often with that comes um, mental health, um, you know, issues. Um, anxiety. Anxiety, yeah. depression, all those things are really important. Um, to be considered and we need a workforce that's really skilled and developed to to be able to ably support that. Uh, families are important uh, as well. I mean, it's, it's wrong to suggest the social care uh, workforce will, will hold up the whole system, but it plays a vital role in supporting families and, and individuals going forward. And, you know, we, we are working on better um, career progression. We are working better pathways into social care and we need to get those stories out there because they're wonderful stories. And uh, and when you talk to people uh, who've received good support, um, they will tell you very clearly what it's meant to them. Tell me just finally, how would you inspire somebody to want a career in social care? I, I would present the, some of the stories that we've been developing that articulates uh, the benefit, the value, the skills, um, it's a very important job. Um, it is a job that will see increases in relation to the, the workforce numbers. Um, it will uh, attract those people who have the, the personal attributes. And we want to see value-based recruitment. We want to be uh, recruiting uh, social care staff uh, into social care based on what they bring in terms of um, their compassion and kindness. Nobody wants support from somebody who doesn't want to be there, uh, who isn't interested in them. Uh, so it's really important that we get it right. So we, we, we don't want anybody. Uh, we want good people. 
I think you're right. It is really important that we get it right. Uh, thank you very much indeed to Paul. Paul Rooney's a professional advisor at the Social Care Council and big thanks as well uh, to, I think you're a quadruple jobber, aren't you? Uh, um, area manager for uh, Housing Sport with Mindwise, Jackie. Uh, farmer's wife, farmer's mother and farmer's daughter. Um, it's been fascinating to okay. hear from, from both of you about careers in social care. And if you would like to learn more about a career in social care, please do visit nisc.info. You can find some truly inspirational stories there. Click on the different uh, tiles and uh, you can hear what people have to say about their own lives. You can also find learning resources, podcasts and much more. This has been Care to Chat, a podcast by the Northern Ireland Social Care Council. Please do subscribe and rate us. You can find the whole series wherever you get your podcasts. And do tell your friends and colleagues. Thanks for listening.